Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your co-host, Dewey. And you guys are the reason we're here today. You and your cats, of course. So thank you for tuning in. And we hope to give you some great information today because today is all about destruction, about cats destroying your stuff. So this is going to be an important episode. But before we jump into destruction, I want to point you to Facebook because we're going to be putting some visuals out there. And if you're listening to the podcast You might go to Friday, April 5th's post, and you'll see the live on air and look at the the photos down there. And on Facebook, it's at Cat Behavior Solutions, because Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions. We're trying to give you guys great cat behavior advice to keep more cats out of shelters. And speaking of cats, we have a cat of the week every week, and this week is a super, super special little guy. His name is Puff, and Puff actually was one of our foster kittens. I found him in the shelter. He was acting like he wasn't feeling good, and I went to go pick him up and almost dropped him because he had something called flat-chested kitten syndrome, and it's caused by lung collapse. And you can actually, like like the cat feels like it's flat, like not a round rib cage, but flat. It was the most strangest thing I've ever felt on a kitten. And so I, you know, the vet was going to euthanize him because there's nothing that can really be done and so on and so forth. And it's typically a problem, you know, they have with breeders and and a lot of those kittens are put down. So I took him home and thought, we're going to try something. And I got toilet paper rolls and made these little devices because I figured his bones were pretty soft still since he was a tiny kitten. And all we had to do was, was shape that rib cage or kind of pop it back into shape. And lo and behold, the little dude survived. And he is one of the most beautiful cats you've ever seen. So look up look up Puff, our cat of the week. He's amazing. And we didn't keep him, by the way. Of course, he, he was adopted by, by one of our dear friends who still loves him. She adopted a, a second cat. We might have his cat of the week next week. So check out our cat of the week, Puff, the magic dragon. Oh, wait, it's a cat. what a great story that is I love that story and if you would like to have your cat featured on our show here just email the photos and give us a story about your cat to molly m-o-l-l-y at cattalkradio.com so as we dive into the show we're talking about uh, destructive behavior and destruction we're looking we're going to be talking about uh, how cats are will come in and do scratching and destructing, and I'm assuming scratching is at the top of the list. How does that uh, how does that work, Molly? They destroy things, uh, but there are other ways cats are destructive, also. You know, so tell us a little bit about the scratching. Yeah, scratching is the number one destructive behavior, but there's also pica. Pica, what is pica? <laughs> Pica, Pica is the term that Sounds refers. Sounds like a drink. 
<laughs> I could use a pica right now. Yeah, give me a pica. <laughs> um, pica is when cats eat things other than food, like, you know, plastic and toys, and they ingest and chew on items other than food. Well, I've never really heard of that before, other than a story that you talked about. Uh, What causes that? Mostly diet. Nutrition is the biggest cause of pica. Um, Boredom is another cause of pica. Attention-seeking, obviously, is is a big cause of of all a weird cat behavior. But um, actually, Siamese and Burmese breeds have more of a genetic disposition to pica than other breeds. And then studies have shown that pica shows up within the first two months after rehoming a cat, which would indicate to me that stress plays a big factor in pica as well. And about the only thing, you know, pica is one of the most difficult behavior cases I get because usually we fix the nutrition, we make sure we have an increased activity, but the, the main thing is you've got to keep those things that the cat's chewing away from them. So if they're, you know, if it's little toys, sorry, you got to put the toys away so they don't eat them. If they're chewing through cords, you got to wrap those cords up and you've got to really increase the activity and more interactive play with them. That's interesting. Why, why Siamese and Burmese breeds? Is that, why, is it, why are they the top of the list? I don't know. They're just more genetically disposed to have pica. Maybe they're more neurotic than the other breeds. I don't know. I've never had a owned a or been owned by a Siamese mm. or Burmese cat. We see a lot of them in the shelter, though. Believe it or not. Yeah. Wow. That that's interesting. I, you know, the whole thing, as I mentioned a minute ago, reminds me of a story that you talked about. And the story goes that a little lady came into the shelter and was crying, and she was having to drop off her cat, and somebody at the shelter gave her your card and you call her up and the lady was just very upset and she told you the story that she's on oxygen and she has a cat that she really loves and she doesn't want to get rid of it but the doctor basically told her that she was going to have to get rid of the cat because the cat couldn't stop chewing on the oxygen cords and it was either life or give up the cat and she was just very distraught and very upset and I remember you telling me that story and you know how you how you suggested that she fixed it, fix it, and then the then the, the, the how she felt afterwards that she was able to keep her cat, and the story was just amazing. So why don't you tell everybody about what you did to help fix that? Yeah, that was an interesting case. Um, I, I had her first of all and immediately wrap the oxygen cord with with strips of aluminum foil. I had to come up with something that was both lightweight enough so that it didn't weigh the oxygen cord down on her face while she was trying to sleep, and also something that the cat wouldn't just chew through. It was, it was a very interesting case of pica. And, and that, as I had suspected, seemed to be rooted in both attention-seeking and diet. So she was feeding the cat mostly dry food and, and was not feeding frequently enough and not giving the cat enough attention. So in addition to covering the cord, 
Um, Because I think if it was all we had done, the cat was just going to start, you know, pawing at her face or something in the middle of the night. So we shifted the feeding schedule to where she was feeding right before she went to bed. And that seemed to help the cat get through the night. And then I taught her how to pray play with the cat several times a day. And between all those three things, it it totally fixed it in, in one night. So that that was a good a good case. And it kept that cat out of the shelter and that cat was destined for the shelter. It was in the shelter and thank goodness it didn't get left at the shelter. You know, more importantly than than that, the lady was so very happy then she was so in love with her cat and we heard that story not just after we after you told it to me, we've heard it through other people who that lady had has shared that same story with others. So She was cute. She called the next day. She goes, you need to patent that. And I said, well, <laughs> I don't think I can get a use patent on aluminum foil wrapped around a cord, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. She was cute. That was a cute story. It's probably one of my most favorite success behavior stories. That's great. So talking, going back to scratching, and um, so... Why did why do cats scratch and what percentage of cats scratch furniture? Well, that's an interesting question. So, you know, a study they did here in the United States uh, reported that one of the most common problems um, that they see in cats that are adopted from shelters one week after adoption when people call back and they go, so how's your cat, new cat doing? And are you noticing any annoying behaviors? The number one thing that they reported is scratching. And destruction is a major reason for cat relinquishment to shelters and rehoming. It's, it's serious. And it's estimated that about 20% of cats scratch furniture as opposed, by the way, of only 4% of cats scratch people. So there are a whole lot fewer aggression cases than there are destruction cases. Now, personally, I've never had a cat that that really tore up furniture like that. But, of course, that being said, every piece of furniture I have has scratch marks in it. And that's mostly because when cats jump off the couch which they do a lot. They jump around, jump on, jump off. Those back nails that they're pushing with on their back feet tend to leave scratch marks, launch launch pad marks behind them. Um, we did have a problem once in, in Santa Fe with scratching, but that had to do with a foster and territorial marking. You know, because scratching and clawing is an olfactory signal. It's it's twofold. So it's a visual signal. Cats use it on around the perimeters of their territory and in and in long paths that they walk when they're living outside. They'll stop and scratch a tree that they go by every day to say, "I was here last." But more importantly, they're depositing pheromones that are coming out of the pads of their feet and between their toes on that surface as well. So it's a it's a territorial marker. But it's not a dominance factor. So if you have multiple cats and you say, oh, my cat's tearing up my couch because he's trying to be dominant. Well, that's that's not exactly true because, again, there's no social hierarchy with cats. Um, they are a solitary species. They don't really have uh, a social structure like dogs do. Dogs are, are very social and there's very much of a dominant, subdominant roles that dogs play with one another, but not cats. They're, they're not doing it for a dominance factor. 
Um, it's also in a single cat household, you can see it because it's a maintenance behavior. It's not optional. They, they absolutely must do it. You know, the bottom line is every cat has to scratch. They all do it, even the three-legged ones. Heck, I was talking to Sharon the other day about Harley. You know, he's a front-leg amputee, and she said, oh, yeah, he likes to lay down on his back and grab the sofa with all three of his legs and just scoot himself along and scratch up the bottom part of the front sofa. (laughs) So even the (laughs) three-legged ones do it. You know, they get a backstretch out of it. If you notice when your cats, right after they get up after sleeping, the first thing they do is take a nice big deep stretch with their paws reaching really far out front right when they wake up. That's that's part of, of what they're doing when they're scratching too. They're getting that back scratch, back stretch. And then the other thing it does is it, it, it sharpens their claws and removes dead nail growth. And it relieves boredom. You know, a lot of times cats just get bored and decide to tear something up you know i i've often thought about that because you do see cats doing that and i think that you've got our cats as they come in and you've got enough enrichment there to uh keep them from scratching furniture they scratch on other things but tell us a, a little bit about clawing cases tell me what what kind of cases have you had in clawing well, and, like I and mentioned, what's the difference <laughs> between scratching and clawing? Well, probably not much. They're either scratching or clawing. <laughs> they're clawing okay. up your furniture or they're scratching up your furniture. I think it's yeah, yeah. it's interchangeable term for what they're doing and destructing. They're destroying your couch. They're clawing your couch. They're scratching your couch. All the same thing. You know, you say tomato, I say tomato. That kind ah, of ah, yeah, <laughs> gotcha. So I'll tell you about um, the one, the problem that we had, right? So we were fostering a, a senior cat in Santa Fe that had thyroid issues. His name was Parker. We were fostering him for felines and friends, a, a great cat rescue group out there. And I loved Parker. We had Parker for months on end. And all of a sudden, um, Parker actually started scratching the front of one of our sofas, and I was like, what? Because, you know, nice buttery leather off-white sofa. And he was just shredding it. So then all of a sudden, Tabasco started tearing up the sofa right across from it. And it was because Parker had started. Parker was new in the territory. And admittedly, there were no scratching surfaces at the time in that particular room. And Tabasco saw him do it and said, now I've got to leave my territory marking over here, and this is my house. And and they kind of went back and forth ripping up those sofas, which are still ripped up today. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, um, and so what I did was I, I covered those areas and put scratching surfaces in the living room. We've got this great Berber carpet now between the two sofas, and, and they use that to scratch on and get their their uh, their stretches and things like that. And and that seemed to fix it. Neither one of them scratched again, and they were both with us together for months. I also had another case where, you know, cats will do it territorially, not just for two cats in the same house, but when they see cats outside. So if they see a cat outside, they'll scratch your furniture, very likely that's facing the window, because I saw a cat out there, I better leave a mark over here to let them know that this is my house. They don't really know that that cat can't see inside to it. So oftentimes that'll happen. 
Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the interesting thing about scratching, studies show that cats claw more in the presence of other cats than they do by themselves. So a, a single cat household will have far less scratching on things than a, than a multi-cat household. You know, I, it's a good point that you brought up a second ago when you were talking about the rug that was in between the couches. And I think that's a good way to, I mean, if you don't want big towering cat scratching stuff, that's a big rug that they love to scratch on. Why don't you tell them a little bit about the rug before we yeah. go to break? And it, and it wasn't, you know, it's not a very expensive rug, actually. I don't think it was real sisal, but it's got that sisal type texture to it. And, uh, and they really can't tear it up. You know, I think we've had it in there two years now and it's not torn up. He, it's a thick sisal. So he gets in there and just loves to go after that thing. I can post a link of it um, if you guys want, or just email me. If you're, if you're in, the, in the market for a sisal rug, email me. And before we go to break, I think I heard you mention we're going to break. So before we break out, I want to talk about my buddy Brian Edwards. I tell you about him every show. And, you know, Brian can help you afford to buy a really nice sisal rug that your cat can't destroy. <laughs> <laughs> Brian has has financial products that have guaranteed income. And uh, if you reach out to him, he will help you make money without having to do anything but give him your money. And you can afford all kinds of cool cat scratching stuff. And you reach Brian at brianedwardswealthmanagement.com. And it's B-R-Y, not B-R-I. So B-R-Y-A-N, edwardswealthmanagement.com. Brian's a great guy, and he'll take care of you. Tell him Tabasco sent you, and he'll take especially good care of you if Tabasco sent you. So I think we're going to run to break, and when we come back from break, Dewey's going to ask me more questions about scratching. Yes, I will. I'll be right here. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Stay with us. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. 
toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you may send an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. Hello, folks, and welcome back. We're here talking about successful behavior modification strategies, and we're talking specifically about scratching and what kind of destruction the the scratching does and how that behavior becomes a real issue in most homes, and it's probably one of the number one behaviors that uh, we've been talking about. So, Molly, uh, let's talk about, um, so how do you control this behavior? What do you do when you catch them doing scratching or clawing, however you want to say that, uh, up on your couch? (laughs) Well, I know what you want to do when you catch them ripping up yourself, (laughs) but don't do that. That first thing that comes to your mind when you see see your cat ripping up your couch, just, just don't do that. So with any behavior that you want to modify, you want to ignore it. At the moment, but of course, ripping up your couch is something you don't want to ignore. So you're going to interrupt that behavior. But you know what you don't want to do is you definitely don't hit your cat. You never yell at your cat because all that does is make your cat afraid of you. You become this big loud thing that, you know, noise comes from you and you're running at them and yelling at them and it scares them and then just erodes your relationship with them and it doesn't work. So if yelling at them and making lots of noises and stomping towards them makes them quit, they're just going to do it when you're not home. They're not dumb and they relate that, oh, every time I do this behavior when she's here, you know, I get in trouble. But when she's not here, I don't get in trouble. So it's totally ineffective. So don't do that. And whatever you do, don't pick up your cat. Don't think, oh, I'm going to run over there and pick him up so he'll stop. Because if he's doing it at all for attention seeking, you've just reinforced that behavior. So you definitely don't want to pick them up. And you don't want to squirt them with a water bottle or rattle loud cans because, again, that's just like yelling at them. They they know it's coming from you. It's like, hello, you're right there. I can see you're holding that bottle. You know, I used to, before I really learned that that was such a, a bad thing to do for your relationship with cats, I would squirt Tabasco with a water bottle. And now all I have to do is pick up a water bottle, squirt bottle, and he starts squinting at me (laughs) like, oh, no. (laughs) So so don't do that because that's bad on your relationship. So here's, here's what you do. You ignore it. You interrupt it 
but with something remote. Don't interrupt it with yelling. Don't interrupt it with squirt bottles. Don't interrupt it with a noisemaker that's in your hand or coming out of your mouth. They sell these remote control noisemakers. It's like a remote control alarm siren for your house, and it and it puts off this really loud noise. So you put the siren you know, over like on the end table by the sofa and you're somewhere else, cat scratches, it goes off and he goes, oh my God, that happened, you know, and it didn't come from her. So they think that it's going to happen every time that happens. Then you distract them from the behavior um, and you do that with, you know, either a wand toy or wad up a piece of paper and throw it so they chase it or rattle a bag of treats or something that's going to distract them away from the couch. And then you got to reward positive behavior all the time. And what does positive behavior look like? Well, that looks like them scratching on posts and other things. Remember, I just said it's not optional. So if you don't provide them the right things, they're going to rip up your furniture. So when they're doing the right thing, you want to give them lots of treats and praise. And then the other thing I tell people to do with this kind of behavior and really all behaviors is watch for the antecedents, watch for the things that happen right before the behavior. I tell people to keep a journal and make a note. What time of day, what day of the week, what are you doing right before the behavior happened? You know, most of the time it's attention seeking. I mean, it really is a lot of times, and we're really guilty of reinforcing it because cats are a lot like two-year-olds. You know, a two-year-old, he'll throw a screaming hissy fit, and he doesn't care that you come over and grab him and chase him around and even spank their butts because he got your attention. He got what he wanted, and it's, you know, you're supposed to just ignore that bad behavior and reward positive behavior that's, that's much, much more effective. You know, that leads you into, you know, prevention. You know, because you buy a nice couch and you buy a cat or you have a cat as a pet, you know, at some point you're going to have a little bit of cringe when the cat walks by the couch and couch and looks at it kind of funny. So what kind of preventions can you do to help prevent that from happening? If you've got a favorite couch or a favorite chair or something that you want to save the cat from doing that and keep that cat be uh, that cat relationship uh, together, what do you do? What's some good prevention methods? Well, you can't tell a cat just no. Uh, It just doesn't work. You have to show it what you want it to do instead. And especially when they're young, you want to start when they're tiny kittens if you can. And what I mean by you have to show them what you want it to do instead is you have to go this, not that. So you get a scratching post and you place it near the furniture they're scratching on, like right next to the couch. Or put it near where they sleep because a lot of times they get up and again, the next thing they do is they start scratching. So if you place a post right where they sleep, they get up, they get their scratching done, and then they mosey on. You know, the other thing is they scratch couches and things like that that are in the living room because they want to scratch things that are in socially meaningful spots. You know, so the post also has to be in a socially meaningful spot. It can't be tucked away. And interior decorators as cat owners are the worst because they don't like to have, 
you know, cat furniture. It's like, ooh, they don't make any good looking cat furniture. I don't want that stuff in my living room. I've had people tell me that. It's like, well, if you want them to stop scratching your couch, you do. So it's got to be in these places that the family hangs out. Then you got to make sure that you're offering them surfaces that they like because different cats like different surfaces. And some cats like one surface one day and one surface the next day because, you know, they're cats. Some cats like to scratch carpet. Some like to scratch sisal rope or rugs like we just talked about. But a study shows that bark is the number one favorite thing that cats like to scratch. And it's a little hard to find scratching posts that are made out of real trees with with bark on them. And then the other thing you have to do is you have to figure out whether your cat is a horizontal scratcher or a vertical scratcher. Because typically there's a preference. Um, Tabasco is more of a horizontal scratcher than a vertical scratcher until Parker came along and he ripped up the front of that sofa. But other than that, he's usually a horizontal scratcher. And then you got to make sure that your scratching surface is big enough. So a lot like I tell people, your litter box has to be one and a half times the length of your cat. Your scratching surface has to be the length of the cat, like when they're fully stretched out, stretching from the tips of their toes to their back feet. And that's pretty long. You know, you think about it, that's going to be a good 24 inches or more long. People make the mistake of getting these little tiny kitten-sized scratchers and little tiny pads, you know, like those cardboard scratching pads. And those are excellent also, by the way. I didn't mention those in Surface, but cardboard is is a great scratching surface for cats too. But they've got to be big enough. they really got to be big. And then there's a new product on the market. Um, we saw it at the trade show made by Feel Away, the people that, that make the diffu- pheromone diffusers that, that calm cats, that stuff works great. Well, they've come out with a new product called Fila Scratch. And what it does is you, you put this stuff, it's, it's purple gel, and you put it on your scratching post. You make long horizontal lines with it, like three of them, so that it looks like to the cats that another cat has scratched that post. And it has an attractant in it. It has um, the pheromone that is simulated that comes out of their feet. So they're attracted to go scratch that surface. So I, I recommend that as well. The other thing, of course, is trim their nails. Keep their nails trimmed because a lot of the reason that they're doing it is to remove that dead growth from their nails. So if you keep their nails trim, that eliminates one of the reasons. And then, you know, one of the best ways to prevent them from destroying your furniture is those soft paws product. That's a rubber nail cap. And it comes in a in clear, but it also comes in a variety of colors. So you can kind of have fun putting it looks like you put nail polish on your cat's feet and um, and they last about four to six weeks and it comes with like a nail glue you drop it down into the end of the rubber cap and squish it so it gets all over it and then you slip it over to the nail and you know voila they can't those nails don't any longer catch into things so that's an excellent product as well that's interesting. You know, I, I go back to that rug, and I, how long is the rug that we have in there? What's that? Six feet long by four feet wide, or something? It was. I think four it's by like six. five. I think it's five by eight. It's pretty big. Five by eight. Yeah, it's something, and and it it just seemed to serve the purpose a lot. The cats go in there and they walk on it, and that's long enough for them, and they they tend to like to take out all, all of their scratching 
on that. So that's a great preventative. And, and it doesn't look like it's out of place. It looks like it's a piece of the furniture and it's okay for them to do that. And uh, I just really think that's a really cool way if you could, you know, if you're worried about having cat trees all over your house or um, anything like that, those rugs are, are fantastic ways to prevent that. And I think that they even have kind of rugs that you hang on the wall that are something like that. Didn't we see something similar uh, at the trade show where they had some sort of decorative carpeting or sisaling on that you could hang on the wall or on a cabinet? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, and you can do that. I mean, and they hang over doors, like they have a, a thing that with a rope, put it over a door handle. But, I mean, you can just get a little sisal mat, tack it to the wall somewhere where they can reach up real high and, and get a good stretch on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I think those are great prevention items. And, I, you know, as they always say, prevention is better than, how does that go? A, a, pound. a pound of prevention is better than... A pound of something else. <laughs> or an ounce of something else. <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever it is. An ounce, yeah, a pound and ounces. We got all confused here. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a great topic to, to be talking about because it has, sometimes it has sad consequences to it. As soon as you start seeing your cat do something like that and you don't feel like you can prevent it in any way, a lot of people are just so frustrated that they just want to take their cat down and have them declawed. And that's a terrible the serious thing for kitties. So tell me, what do you think about that? Well, I'm definitely not in favor of declawing or surgically altering a cat's feet in, in any way, unless it's a medical necessity. I mean, many countries, Canada, Australia, most European nations, you know, declawing is either not considered a, a valid veterinary procedure or it's it's actually illegal you know, but in the United States, it remains an elective surgery in, in the veterinary community. But we do see attitudes changing on that. I, I hope that it's changing more quickly, um, quicker, because it's it's terrible. It's not just, you know, you watch those horrible movies where they, they take pliers to the guy's fingernails. And you go, oh, my God, that must be what it's like. But it's not. It's worse. They actually amputate your cat's toe. So it's the equivalent to, like, if we had an amputation at the, the joint that's the first joint behind our fingernail, that's exactly what it's like. They, they amputate in that joint. And because there's so many delicate little bones in that joint, about 80% of the cats end up with bone spurs and residual pain. And those are the ones that have aggression issues, that have um, litter box issues. It's it's a horrible thing, horrible, horrible thing you can do to your cat. And there's another procedure, too, that's um, in addition to declawing, it's called tenectomy. And that actually cuts the tendons so that the cat, the cat can't flex its claws out. Now, the claws still grow because it doesn't affect the claws at all. And they've still got to be trimmed, but they can't extend their claws but it also causes re- residual pain. And, um, you know, we have to be responsible for meeting a cat's needs early, you know, when they're young and their whole lives so that surgical options like this just aren't even considered. Wow. You know, I, I have never heard that where you, would you call that? Uh, a tenectomy? Yeah, tenectomy. That I've never heard of that, and I, I just can't imagine what that would look like or feel like to a cat. I mean, I guess it would be like cutting a tendon to your fingers where you can't really move your fingers. They're just there, and that would be just yeah. in, incredibly terrible. I, I, 
I couldn't imagine that. And and the, and the bone spurs that that come with it is just, uh, gosh, that's just terrible. It's like having a ingrown toenail or ingrown fingernails, you know, that are just spurred in there that just are painful constantly. I would think. Well, yeah, and I've known people with bone spurs in their heels, and that is a horribly, horribly painful condition. But yeah, I would think with the tenectomy, if they can't, if they can't extend their claws, how do they climb trees, and how do they, you know, how, how do they do all the cat things that they do? And I guess that's a the thing they don't, and and they probably feel very insecure about climbing and and moving around in ways that are natural to them. Which anytime you do stuff like that to cats, you're going to get unnatural behaviors, which are a lot of the, the behavior calls I get. You know, the, the, this might be a good time to talk about just before we go on break is talk about uh, something that you carry on your website, a little scissor looking or a little thing that cuts the cl- claws. Oh, little... yeah. The Zen, the Zen clippers. Yeah. yeah. Sell uh, that yeah, on those... the website, right? Uh huh. Those are awesome. Those are the absolutely the best nail clipper on the planet, and they come in different sizes. And basically, what it is is it's a a pre-sized hole with a conical blade all around the hole. So all you have to do is slip your cat's nail up into it and and squeeze. It's like a scissor handle, and it it's such a sharp blade. It doesn't crush the nail. It very cleanly and quickly just kind of cat doesn't even know anything's happened. And um, and and those are great. You can't overcut if you get it sized right. So cat's nails are like ours. They have a little white end, and then it it grows up into the 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 quick basically. And you want to make sure you don't cut into the quick because that makes an open sore, and then they're in the litter box, and it can get infected and lead to some pretty nasty stuff. Well, the Zen Clipper makes it where you can't overclip. And it's awesome. And usually the I carry three sizes, small, extra small, and extra, extra small. Small's good for bigger cats. Extra small's pretty good for medium-sized cats. And then the extra, extra small's for, for kittens and, and small cats. Okay. Well, those are great. And we'll try to mention some more products that we have on the site as we come back after our break. And please stay with us. And we'll see you after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
you can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you may send an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, cat fans. We are here with Molly as she's talking to us about successful behavior modification strategies. And the strategy that we're talking about today is how to prevent scratching. It's a big, big issue. It's probably one of the number one things that come up. And we've talked about uh, all sorts of scratching um, preventions and the types of nails that we, uh, nail clippers that we have to help prevent some of that scratching. Uh, what else you got for us, Molly? Well, I'm going to talk more about this, too, at, at the cat show this next weekend, actually, April 13th and 14th. If you live in the Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth area, this is going to be at the Mesquite Convention Center. It's really adorable. It's kittens, cats, and cowboy hats. And it's 9.30 to 4.30, Saturday and Sunday, April 13th and 14th. And I will actually be in the education ring at 3 o'clock for an hour, Saturday afternoon, and then again on Sunday at 1 o'clock. And I will be talking about other scratching techniques and things like that at, at there, and as well as other, lots of other behavior issues, litter boxes, and why cats develop behavior problems and things like that. So, and there's other great people in the education rings, and there's going to be cats shown and, you know, all different kinds of breeds of cats and house cats, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. There's vendors, and there's cats and kittens up for adoption, and it's just everything cat. So come see me next weekend, April 13th and 14th. It's presented by the Feline Paw Foundation, and I think you'll really like it. It's going to be lots of fun at the Mesquite Convention Center on Rodeo Drive. Yes, well, I will have to go out there and see that because I have never seen cats with cowboy hats. <laughs> That'll yep. be interesting to see. And if you're in Texas, you know everything wears a cowboy hat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Tabasco with me, especially on Saturday, and we're gonna find him a little cowboy hat to wear. <laughs> That'll be cute, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of other little kitties out there that are cute. <laughs> so let's let's talk about deterrence. All right, we we talked about. Um, you know, declawing and scratching, and we've talked about uh, ways to kind of prevent it. How about deterrence before they start scratching something? What can we do there? 
Well, you, you do need to start early because you need to understand that the longer an object is scratched by a cat, the more significant that object is to the cat. So if you've got a couch that that cat's been scratching on for the last five years and you now think you're going to switch him to a scratching post instead of the couch, you're going to have a much steeper hill to climb than before he's ever started in the first place. So keep that in mind. But what I like to tell people to do in addition to the this, not that. So you have to give them an option and then deter them from the area that they were scratching. So get plastic carpet runners. You know, the, the they're clear plastic and they have little sharp nubs on them that, that are used to hold, them, hold the mat in place over a carpet and it protects the carpet like in a high traffic area. It's real thin plastic. You can get it at hardware stores and you can get it online. Just be sure to get the one that has lots and lots of little spikes. Some of them have the little tiny spikes that are like two or three inches apart and that's not close enough together. So get that stuff, you can buy it by the foot, by the yard, whatever, and cut it with a pair of scissors to fit the shape and size of your couch or whatever, chairs, whatever the cat has been scratching. Poke holes in the corner and then get some upholstery screws. You know, those are, they have the little little clear plastic heads and then they have a corkscrew and you just twist them into your sofa and it, it holds things like covers in place. Well, put that point sides out, important part, put it point sides out around the pots where your, your cat's been scratching because the cats do not like the feel of those points against their feet. I don't like it against my feet either. So that'll help. <laughs> Me neither. All right. When you go, okay, you know, okay, Tabasco, I want you to scratch this point big giant post I'm now setting here next to the end of the couch instead of the couch and I'm going to deter you from this area you have been scratching and every time you scratch the post I'm going to throw a party a little kitty party to show you how proud I am that you're doing the right thing and and that should should clear up your problem but another thing you need to do if if you think that your cat is seeing cats outside like again if you're if your scratch-up areas are facing windows and doors, it may be that your cat is detecting other cats outside and protecting their territory. Sometimes you got to block the view. So get a roll of white butcher paper from Sam's or something and put it down, you know, two feet from the ground up where the cat can't see out it, but it still lets light in and you can still see out above it. And so that it can't see those cats any longer. If it can't see them, it won't think they're out there. And then to help your cat feel secure in a multi-cat household so that they don't have to, you know, mark and say, okay, Charlie, this is mine. And then Charlie comes and goes, no, it's not. It's mine. you got to make sure resources are plentiful. So if you have more than one cat, you need more than one scratching post and cat tree and things like that so that they can have places that they can feel like are their own. or They can go over and scratch on that one while the other one goes over and scratches on this other one. So make sure that their resources are plentiful. And, you know, feeding schedule. I talk about feeding a lot, but, you know, what you feed your cat, when you feed your cat, and how you feed your cat are really, really important to how that cat feels and, you know, whether it's going to 
if it's feeling a lot of pent-up energy, whether it's feeling normal, whether it's feeling cranky. So make sure, you know, the, the other thing is if you if you have more than one cat, you know that things get a little dialed up right before feeding time. You know, it's like 30 minutes before their time to eat. There's there's infighting, you know. That's when they start swatting at each other. That's when they'll go over and start clawing up the sofa because all those territorial instincts come out. So feed your cats often. Feed them three to four times a day minimum. Feed them canned food so that they feel like they're getting the proper nutrients and hydration that they need. And, and that'll help as well. It'll cut down on some of that anxiety right before feeding time. But if you're keeping that journal, then you'll also note that. You'll probably note, wow, well, the cat starts clawing on the couch, you know, right at 4 o'clock, right before I feed them at 4.30. A lot of that will become very apparent. You know, that really... We've told this story on on the radio probably numerous times, but our three o'clock howling and three o'clock scratching, that really uh, worked in that situation where we would have uh, Tabasco that would come in and wake us up every morning at 3 a.m. It was just crazy. He would scratch the side of the bed, he would walk over our heads, and he would walk on our legs, and (laughs) he would do anything he could do to wake up. But as sure as is the world, as soon as we got that automatic timer, it stopped immediately. I was just shocked at that. I didn't think that, it, I thought it might take some time, you know, a few weeks or a few days or something. Instantly, he went in there and got something to eat and he felt uh, better and he came back to bed and he just kind of did his thing and went right back to sleep. And I don't think we never, we never knew he was even in there. We just knew that he was not scratching and waking us up. And so speaking of that, you, t- you started looking at uh, boredom. So you mentioned boredom is a cause. Uh, how do you manage cats' boredom then? It, it is a cause because cats in the wild spend six hours a day hunting. And, you know, I've said this before too, but cats are still about 96% genetically linked in DNA to their wild ancestors. So when I say they do this in the wild and they do that in the wild, it's because that's important because they still need those things that, that they were getting in the wild. So now we've taken this little creature that's used to hunting six hours a day and exerting a lot of energy hunting, and we trap it indoors, which is a good thing. I, I think people should keep their cats indoors. and and But what happens is they get a whole heck of a lot of pent-up energy, and they get bored to tears. So the most important thing you can do for your cat is to pray play. And what that does is that's mimicking that hunting sequence. So you're taking a wand toy that's got a little mouse-like thing on the end or bird feathers, and you're getting your cat's attention, and you make it go disappear around the corner, and they go chasing after it, and they jump on it, and they bite it like they were killing it. It's called the kill bite. And something very important happens when a cat delivers a kill bite. It shoots off a boost of serotonin in their brain. And that serotonin is an important neurochemical that that uh, controls mood and sleep and and things like that. Most importantly, mood. Did I mention mood? <laughs> <laughs> mood, a lot. Mood. And if you don't think your cat's moody, just look at him. <laughs> <laughs> and And so getting several of those kill bites in a day is important for a cat because in the wild they eat nine to ten small meals a day. So they're getting at least nine to ten kill bites in, probably more. 
So you need to pray play with your cat twice a day for 10 to 15 minute sessions. And that's going to do a whole, 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 whole lot to burn off energy. And we also take Tabasco on leash walks. And he really loves to get out into the wild and and um, stalk and hunt things as long as he's on a leash. We take him on a stroller and uh, we've got the catio outside uh, for him to go out to. I know he loves to climb that pole that has carpet on it. So I, I took a 4 by 4 pole or a, a big pole that we have holding up our outside patio and I wrapped it in carpet and he loves to run up that pole and and stretch on that pole and it was really it's really a good environmentally enrichment environmental enrichment for him and so i think that that's uh, another thing that people could do to help right it is and the, the stroller you pushing him in the stroller is always just adorable <laughs> we have this all-terrain stroller so that we can take him out on gravel and things like that and we go on these long walks with him and he loves it especially likes to watch the birds and stuff happen to him and you know another real important thing to to release that pent-up energy is food puzzles because it's also natural for them like i said that they're hunting six hours a day they're they're out there foraging for their food and food foraging is important if you just set it down in front of them on a silver platter and they don't have to work for it that's actually not natural cats are contra freeloaders which means if you give them a choice they will choose to work for their food through a food puzzle rather than just eat it so food puzzles are important high places you know i I just recommended a client the other day to build a a cat autobahn on the on her house so that's basically shelves that connect walkways and pathways through rooms and throughout the house that are very high up like right below the ceiling they love that and then when you leave leave music on leave classical music Um, there's a company out there called iCalm Cat that scientifically modulates the frequency of music to calm cats that's that's awesome and it's not expensive it's like you know, $70 and includes the speaker. And then YouTube also has TV channels that are set up for cats. It's like birds and rodents and stuff. Leave that on for your cat. All those things will help um, Will help your cat reduce their boredom and pent-up energy. So we're about ready to leave. And um, that's it. We hope you join us next week. <laughs> for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program next Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 